Welcome to Dr. 3, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard ranked ladder. I am your host, Daring Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow hosts, Dragon Rider and Major Death. So, we've got we've got a lot to go through this week. We've got some big topics to discuss, so let's go into last week's poll question. What did we see last week, Mage? Yes, last week's poll question, we asked you, how are you feeling about the meta since the mini set was released? We had 18 votes. Thank you to all of you that voted. And with 38.9%, uh, it was better than it was before the mini set launched, which is, I think, pretty good. 33.3% uh, though said it was worse than before. And 27.8% said it is about the same. I I don't know. I, I think I was expecting a little bit higher on the better than before. Um, maybe we had some wild people voting because they definitely have had a very interesting lunch since since the mini set went live, but we, and we will talk about that in a little bit, but it definitely doesn't feel the same to me. I don't know. I don't know about you, but it definitely does not feel the same. I mean, I feel like there might've been a, a chunk of those people voting, voting worse than before had a big crush on Uther. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, all of a sudden Uther's not the big boy on top anymore. Now is he? So, um, yeah, that's true. That is true. I, yeah, Oh, go ahead, Dragon Rider. I was going to say, yeah, it feels a lot different because, like you said, I mean, Paladin, it was so prevalent, and they got nerfs at the same time other classes got tools to put them up, so it was like a heavy drop for Paladin. So I, I feel like the meta changed a lot. Now, for some people, maybe they don't like that fact. You know, maybe they were maybe like me or... Once they get comfortable with something, they're like, I want that to stay because that's what I know or that's what I'm having results with. And then as soon as the meta changes, they're like, eh, I don't like this now because it changed. I can't keep um, doing the same thing and I have to learn new things. What the heck is this? Well, you know, we are going to get into this later, but I will say that's how I felt after we had the rotation because I was like, I can't play Highlander Hunter anymore. And I was very sad. But now I found a deck. That, you know, I feel like pretty much feels like Highlander Hunter. And you get to send some 8-8s to face. So, I'm happy. I'm cool with that. And you get to play two of the two of the cards in a lot of cases. Yeah. Even better. Like it. Yeah, it's great. So, I'm happy. It's way more sticky on the board than uh, uh, Highlander Hunter ever was. And a lot more consistent. So, yeah. Yeah, yes, so we will have a we will have a poll question at the end of this week's episode. But thank you again to all of you that voted, and uh, yeah, definitely thank you for the feedback. So news: the biggest news is Stealer of Souls has been banned in Wild after patch twenty point four point two on Wednesday. So this was announced via a tweet from Hearthstone on June 11th. Tweet reads, We'll be banning Steeler Souls in the wild in, wild in a small update next week. 
Stealer of Souls will still be playable in other formats and will be eligible for a full dust refund for two weeks after this change goes live. Alec Dawson commented on the card when it would rotate to Wild with the rest of the Forge and the Barons via Twitter. Uh, current plan is to adjust the card at that point and then remove it, remove the ban. If any adjustments happen to Stealer Souls before that, ex- example, you know, a standard nerf will also re- reevaluate in its inclusion to Wild. So, I mean, this is the. We've not seen a ban before, right? This is this is ban uno numero uno. So, um, crazy, and it feels. We were talking about it before the show, just because, like, this is, uh, you know, it's a really big thing when this is a game that the only thing that's ever happened is things have gotten nerfed, and sometimes they got nerfed to a point where why would you play this card? Now in wild, you literally cannot play this card. You cannot put it in your deck in a wild deck. And that's just, that's something big because that's the first time Hearthstone's seven years old, at least, you know, since it went live or did it go live? Anyways, seven, eight years old. <laughs> and this is a competitive card game that's never banned a card. If you go to Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, any of the other, you know, big card games, not sure about Runeterra, who remembers Artifact. I mean, those games have all banned cards, right? They have all, but those are physical games. And that was like the one selling point to me that like Blizzard's like, yeah, we don't ban cards because we can just change them on the fly because it's all digital. Whereas, you know, physical, you can't. Paste. You can't send someone a little sticky note to place over the field of their card. Say, no, 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 no. This black, this uh, black lotus does things that aren't as broken as it originally did. So, like, I mean, it's it's a big deal, and understandably, the I mean, there's some people in the wild community that are upset about it just because this hits them. This is something that like <laughs> it's not banning in format, and it um. And in, in, in standard, it just feels like a, uh, I, I, I can't speak for the wild community. I am not a wild player. So like, I, I won't speak for them. I just know there's some frustration and it's just a shock to see something banned. Yeah, we, we've seen this. They, they've banned cards for the tavern brawl. We've seen them not offer cards in the arena but this is the first time in constructed play you cannot put X card in your deck and queue a game, which is, you know, it's not unheard of. As you pointed out, there's other games that do this, but it 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 just it it seems interesting to me. One that it's taken this long for this to become an option or a thing that they'll do, and the fact that they actually went ahead and did it because this does, I guess set a precedent that this is something they could do. And now you could have calls like we, like I saw people tweeting, well, what other cards should be banned if they're now banning cards from more format? So I I don't want to like put the cart before the horse here. I think this was a very specific case. You have a card that is really, really powerful in wild because of the support cards that it has available to it. 
And the re and and I think the caveat there is the because of the supporting cards that that go with it, because we're not seeing this card at all in standard. This card is MIA in standard, and that's I, I think why they're willing to do this time, because they they want to see this card get played in standard. And if they modify the card in a way so that it doesn't break wild, then it's definitely not going to see play in standard. And so it's it's really, really interesting. Um, I, I've, I played out, I played a version of the deck over the weekend in wild and it's, it's not unbeatable, but it is definitely not fun to play against. I would, I would tell you that. And, uh, I, I also would say that I think it's a little more difficult than some people give it credit for. Uh, I was playing a Mechathune version and, uh, there's a lot of APM movements there if you're going to try and, and try and spin through. But it, it really did come down to, do I have the Stealer of Souls? Do I have Plot Twist? And then go. You can you can sometimes brick, but a lot of times if you have any number of decent number of cards in your hand, you're going to go off and, and you're going to create a pretty one-sided game much earlier than you should be able to. Yeah, and I, it, it makes me think back to, like, what was the last thing that they nerfed in Wild was, what, what, the example I'm thinking of is Hysteria with Wicked Tiller and the Nerubian guy that, you know, made him, you know, that, that just that. Invulnerable. Yeah, yeah, made him invulnerable. Yeah. yeah, so they changed. Yeah, the, yeah, Death Speaker, that's right. And they, instead of saying... Target a minion, it attacks until you die. It just said target enemy minion. So they fixed that card. They changed Hysteria because Hysteria was fine in, in Standard, right? I don't think there was any problems really with it in Standard. I could be wrong. I'm not talking about the cost. It was or, a really it, good card. Yes. It was definitely a really good card. That made it a little less good, but it yes. didn't like... You, 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 you could still play the card... Given the given the change that they had made. I mean they they nerfed it again. They nerfed it up to yeah. four mana. <laughs> they did. <laughs> and it still sees play. Like hysteria is still very good. So it's just like so they're willing to work with wild. So my in my head, and this is my opinion, and I could be completely wrong, they have a vision um for that card to be doing something and they're not willing to compromise that vision in standard as that is their primary focus at team five i could be wrong on that but that is my interpretation they've they've seen like they've had more laser focus in what they want to do and what they're going to do um over the past year and a half since some of the newer team members came on so it just it just feels like they have a very specific vision and are willing to make the changes to make that come true yeah they've Dragon definitely Rider, been making think? a lot of yeah they, they i mean they've been making a lot of different changes right like you said over the last year year and a half a variety of stuff that we didn't see before so i do like that they are trying something different is it the quote-unquote right answer? I don't know. I also, I am not a wild player, so it's really hard for me to give my perspective on like how I feel about this change specifically. 
But overall, in terms of the fact that they are making a change like this, I hope that it works out and that they are taking feedback from the community and trying different things and that they're going to use that, that concept in the future for other things. But in terms of the card itself and how it plays in Wild, I, I don't feel comfortable giving any like specific, like, this is good, this is bad, like, it's right or wrong, because I, I just don't play Wild, so... Yeah, I... it's it's definitely seeing a lot of play over there. And like I said, I, I just I, I wanted to see what it was like. There's also an achievement that was associated with it as well. And so I was trying to get that experience before the before the card got a little bit more difficult to play. One less one less constructed format uh, to do that in. And and yeah, I I I, I lost to that deck um, once. I've watched uh, a lot of other streamers play against it, and and it's 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 difficult when it happens so early, and and it, you see so much happening um, so early in the game. It's really it's really difficult um, to to deal with. Yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of. I I am very hesitant to take a strong stance on it just because, like, as Dragon Rider said, I'm not a wild player as well, and I understand there's a lot of people who have passion for the format. So I feel like everyone can have, as long as you're being constructive and, like, not trying to, like, attack the devs personally for their decisions, like, name-calling isn't necessary like just be positive about it if you're positive about it i can get behind be like well i think this is a bad idea but you know you know i don't have to go into that but just be positive guys and that's my main so one one last thing that i would point out i guess is that this shows the lengths at which they are willing to go to not create a second card of this oh a format specific card because yeah. we've heard up until now this is not something they wanted to do they made those changes uh to the core set right before you know they had announced uh you know bluegill warrior and then there was some uproar uh, about that and not having that having that have rush rather than charge and and then changing it here's another example of Hey, they could have made a second Stealer of Souls card specifically for the wild format that was cost more mana or did something different uh, so that it wasn't as broken and wild. But they didn't want to do that because of the because of the simplicity, I guess, of of looking at basically one version of the card and having it av available the same way in the various formats. Now, this card isn't available in one of those formats. Which I, I I don't know if this is a better answer to that, but it just shows the lengths at which they are willing to go not to create a second version, a format specific version of this card. So my, my only other thing about that would be: Do we? And they're not going to say anything about this, but do they have the? Te is there technical limitations for that too? Their software is uh, from their own account, kind of. Uh, 
spaghetti mess. So like they they might not be able to do it without putting a lot of work and potentially breaking things and just I don't know I I can't think of anything else that was like very specific like that. So I mean I I actually think maybe the biggest issue with creating different cards for different formats is one the f- breaking the familiarity of the card if it works one way at one cost in one format versus another the other is the freaking collection manager itself can you imagine if we had you know not just one because we're talking about we're we're talking about one card here but we go one then we had the three or two or two or three cards that were changed at the core set we suddenly get to a point where maybe we have upwards of a dozen to two dozen cards that are different based on format because they're trying to pinpoint, uh, you know, power level for these specific cards in the various format. I mean, the collection manager, while it's functional, isn't the best experience, I would say. And, and so I, I would, I would think that that is, is potentially a consideration there as well. Oh, for sure. And I I think even, like, if it started to get to that point, they would just have to have each format, like, in its own client. Like, I I feel like if they were really going down that path, and I don't think that's something they want to do. I mean, people are already asking for it for Battlegrounds. So, like, Battlegrounds should be its its own game, its own thing. And I think if, like, if you go into, um, League of Legends, right, you can actually select... League of Legends, like the the MOBA, or you go into Team Fight Tactics for the their their fighting stuff, right? The the auto battler. Thank you. Yes. Apologize, listeners. I'm just gonna say <laughs> I have a terrible migraine tonight, so I'm just gonna blame anything I miss say on that. Um, but like, I don't know. I just I don't feel like they're willing to go down that path. So I, I, I think you're right. I think that a huge limiting factor is that collection manager and trying to make it as easy instead of being like, okay, well, here's like 17 million different things that you can look at for like what should be the same card, but now they're all different and look over here and then click in this area and look at it. Like, I don't think they want to go in that direction. (laughs) Yeah, do you see like a, a regular Stealer of Souls card and then like right next to it, there's a different Stealer of Souls, but it's got the little vines on it to show that it's a, a wild version or something. And it's like, okay, so, <laughs> but like how intuitive is that, especially if you're a newer player? So my 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 solution for that is to do so something they've been doing in... um the hero the like book of heroes and the book of mercenaries like they have existing cards in there but they're horde versions of the existent like the horde armor smith like so they have a different card with a different voice line they could give it i'm just spitballing here that they they could give it call it like wild stealer of souls and they have a little bit different artwork and you know make it different like that so it's not the same it's a different card you just put it in the set and then you reevaluate it when it gets rotated to wild you know you remove that and put that back in and make any changes as necessary i mean that's a lot of work 
and I don't expect them to do that. That was just like uh, a way I thought of off the top of my head. But it's a lot of extra work, and like there's a lot of moving pieces here, <laughs> and like I, I just trying to be constructive and positive is is where I'm at. It's it's I feel like everyone has a a valid opinion here. It's just it's just a lot of different angles you can approach this at. So. Well, and you know, this is the first time they've done yeah. something, so I think that also creates more thoughts and varying opinions on it too. Because you know, usually that happens when it's like the first time. So, yeah, that is a factor. I think a lot of room for discussion too. So, okay, well, let's move on. Um, so the patch notes will link to the uh, patch notes in the show notes. Um, Book of Mercenaries, Guthrune Totem is now available. So complete all eight chapters in this new adventure to get yourself a free Druid Standard card pack. Um, Battle Nut Upgrade merges friends list across all regions. Update will allow all users to talk with other re- others regardless of region, as well as cross-platform play like the team is doing with Overwatch. No immediate plans to change for changes to Hearthstone as a result of this change have been announced. Okay, it's kind of interesting. I'm glad. I'm glad that they finally are merging those. It's a little weird to have to like you have a friend in one in one region, but not in another. It's like they're still your friend. <laughs> they're still your friend. So, like, now it'll actually show which region they're in. I, I think that's what the screenshot showed. And and then you could just talk to them like they were in your kind of whatever your native region is that you normally play in. Kind of like and, they're on uh, your friends list. You can just Yeah, kind of like they're just like on, on your friends, friends list. list. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Did, they, did they increase how many friends I can have or is that still 200? <laughs> I don't think they changed it, I, which is very yeah. sad. So, yeah. Apologies I, to any of the like million people that have sent me friend requests. I'm like, uh, I don't have room. Sorry. Exactly. I had to fight to get back on your friends list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just, call out. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing you. I am teasing you. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, we're all we've all been there, right? We've had a full friends list, and you like someone's like, let's let's add, and it's like, okay, let me. Who haven't I talked to? And like a year or something like that so it's I, yeah I, all the games all the games are very social yes even hearthstone which isn't necessarily the most social in game i mean you make lots of friends in the blizzard games and the fact that you have uh what feels like a, a, if you've played the games for any length of time i mean it doesn't matter whether you're playing diablo or you're playing uh, you know, World of Warcraft or Starcraft, you can eventually fill up that 200 spots fairly easily. And then it then it's a pick and choose after that, which which kind of feels bad when you get to that point. Exactly. But And that you have so. to add people on your friends list to play in tournaments for Hearthstone. Sorry, I'm still sure. not over that. Yeah, I'm yeah. Super salty about that every time. Yeah, that's... That's my broom or Penflinger needs nerfed soapbox. <laughs> yeah, Why that's fair. Why friends? Okay. No, no, you're... Yep. That, very... That's extremely valid, so... Okay. 
So let's continue on. Mercenaries, uh, Hearthstone Mercenaries survey gives latest look at new game mode. Includes screenshots, descriptions, and additional details on the new game and the blah, blah blah new game mode. Description: Master an all-new challenge in Hearthstone single-player competitive roguelike mode. Mercenaries. Build and customize your dream team of iconic Warcraft characters to take into battle, vanquish foes, and collect bounties. Use your earnings to customize, upgrade, and equip your team with the abilities and treasures needed to jump back into battle and storm through an ever-changing maps. Or other players, as your mercenaries prog- progress... So too will their opponents. So you keep your strategies at the forefront as you tackle this all new combat system. Which of your mercenaries will er- er- earn their glory? So all I need to hear is roguelike to have just uh, horrific flashbacks. Just shut up and take my money vibes. All right. I'm like, all right, just <laughs> give it to us. Take my money, whatever I need to do, I want to play this. I need a roguelike, another roguelike I could need a hole in my head. Like, <laughs> I have, I'm still trying, I, I, I have been taking a break from Returnal, which is one of the more brutal roguelikes that I've seen quite some time. So, like, I'm, I'm good on roguelikes, this sounds cool, I'm excited to play it, but, like, it's like, it's like, like next they're going to try and sell me Hearthstone Souls-like. I'm like, no, not here. Please, God, I just leave me alone in one area of my life. Because <laughs> I'm a sucker for so that, the, too. So the, art, so the article has four screenshots that were included in the survey. They, they look, it looks cool. It's the first pictures we've seen of the game mode since, since the announcement of said game mode. We still don't have any ETA for when it's coming out, but it feels like if they're doing a survey kind of thing, we hopefully will see it relatively soon. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was interesting when that came out and people were talking about uh, talking about that late last week. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely going to be exciting. And this dragon said, "Take my money, please." <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm on board for this. This sounds fun. So. I'm excited because this is one of the new game modes. Like, I'm actually like, I wasn't like super hyped for duels. Like, I was like, eh, this is whatever. Uh, like classic. I'm like, eh, whatever. This I'm like, okay, I'm in for this. This sounds cool. Like battlegrounds. I was like, yes, battlegrounds. But now it's just like this is the first one. I'm like, yes, this is. I want. I I really want to play this. So okay. All right, Madame Wazul hero portrait available in the shop. The portrait is available for real money only. No gold option. Cost is 12 USD. Okay. Bit higher than they normally charge, but this was a pre-order bonus, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. The mega bundle bonus. What expansion was that? It was uh, the League of Shadows? Rise of Shadows. Rise of Shadows. Okay, so it, yeah, they were called the League of Shadows. Sorry, I forgot yes. the the name of the expansion. The the, the wacky expansion. <laughs> oh, let's get that out of our memory. I don't want to think about that. Dark <laughs> times. Dark times. Remember when Evil Miscreant was a one five? 
No. All right. Move on. Next news point. Get get out of here. Okay. Uh, Masters Tour Dalron is this weekend and has YouTube has drops. You can earn up to two Year of the Phoenix card packs this weekend as you watch Masters Tour Dalron. Only on only. Excuse me. On any of the above YouTube channels. Watch total of two hours to receive one pack and two more to receive your second. Uh, the dates are for go ahead, Mage. Well, I was just gonna say the YouTube channels they're referring to are the, the Hearthstone YouTube channel and then the Hearthstone esports channel. With it, okay, the two YouTube channels that, that were mentioned. Yes, yes. I was going to link the out of cards as as I always do sure. in the show notes. So if I if I'm making reference to something like this, um there's going to be the link in the show description. So go check that out if you're ever curious about what we're talking about. We link all the articles we pull this stuff from. So uh so the dates are Friday, June eighteenth, twenty twenty one through Monday, June twenty first, twenty twenty one. It is based on Korea Standard Time. Broadcast starts uh eight PM Eastern Time Thursday and is a the format's a four deck, best of five conquests with a ban. So your standard uh Masters Tour event. Yeah, there was not uh you know, changes right before this tournament which feels weird almost i feel like the last several like <laughs> the last several yeah. they've had changes like right before these competitors have it so much easier they oh, don't have so a easy. major balance change or 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 an expansion dropping right before their events well good because our afg player ron mexico is competing in the tournament this weekend so good no changes he can kick you know bleep i don't know if yeah. i say that but we'll yeah, go for it right. i mean I, I think we've said worse than that but yeah yeah sure go for it yeah i try i try and if i remember i i don't think there's many uh expletives on this show but occasionally one will slip through from me most likely so if you want to say ass please feel free it's not that big of a deal <laughs> anything you can say on abc without getting bleeped i'm fine with it so <laughs> well all right so no changes right before this tournament so ron mexico my man he can kick ass there we go I'm excited. Perfect. Okay, so let's um let's move into the main topic. And it sounds like I know Dragon Rider, you have more experience with the the main topic here tonight. Made you you said you've played some of this too as well. I've dabbled a little bit. I've been doing more of a warrior thing as of late. But um uh what is our main topic tonight? We, we alluded to it earlier in the show. So, Dragon Rider, you want to tell us what deck we're talking about? Good old Death Rattle Demon Hunter. The Highlander Hunter 2.0. That's <laughs> what I'm going to call it. It's got, as uh, Sidisi said, King Rush instead of King Crush. I don't know, personally, like, People are calling it green rag. I don't agree. All right, it's it's a, just a better king crush. I don't know. People are like it's an eight eight, so it's rag. No, 
it's better. That's the whole that that's the whole yeah. uh main topic right there. There you go. Eight eights to face, you're good. Yeah. We are what, what are what are we calling Illidari Inquisitor? That's the main topic today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just I'm with face. you that I think I, I think it's I think it's more crushed than it is Ragnaros, to be perfectly honest, because you, you yeah. can you you've got the you've got the ability to go face with it, but you also it it can go it, it can attack a minion that same turn, which is that's that's pretty fantastic. I've been referring to it. Oh, yeah, sure, of course they have it on curve. <laughs> that's its middle name. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So, Death Rattle Demon Hunter, and you know, I, I'm just gonna say, Mage put together some great notes here, and. I think we should start definitely by talking about the different lists because I feel like people are kind of just blanket statement saying death rattle demon hunter when right now there's actually four, five yeah. kind of like death rattle demon hunter lists and they actually do play a bit differently. I mean, you know, other than like, cool, we're going to close out the game with this eight, eight hitting phase, but it's, the rest of the game plays out a little bit differently. So do you want to start talking about the different kind of lists that we have mage? Well, sure. Sure. So I, so I guess when I was thinking about this deck, I was thinking about, so how's it built? First, you have a death rattle package. Obviously you've, you've got, you know, that's what this thing is built around. And there's, going to be some specific cards that you're always going to see two of uh with the exception of the legendary so you've got the tusk piercer you've got the razor bore which was uh one of the cards that got buffed not too long ago you've got the Razorfin Beastmaster. you've got the death's head cultist uh renowned performer and the death speaker blackthorn those are all seems to be no matter what list you're running you're going to see two of all the non-legendaries, and then the one Death Speaker Blackthorn. Uh, those are kind of the Death Speaker Blackthorn in particular is, is definitely a top performer for this deck. Now, you've got a bunch of other Death Rattle cards that you can consider running in the deck. Uh, those options typically include a, a Sneaky Delinquent, which we've seen uh, from um, Rogue more recently. Uh, Devouring Ectoplasm, which is one of the new cards from the mini set, a neutral card. Uh, Fell Rattler, which is a, a, a rush minion that has AoE, so that is actually really popular. Fishy Flyer is a uh, is a Murloc Rusher that has a Death Rattle to get you another one of those. Uh, you could see the Vengeful Spirit in there because it, it tutors Death Rattle cards. Uh, and also Talon Fordring, uh, because you want to make sure you have your uh, green crush uh, on on curve uh, or or Nazoth if you're if you happen to be running him, which we'll talk about in a minute. So these second set of options, you vary from list to list. You might have them, you might not have them. You might run one copy, you might run two copies. So there is. It's all a matter of how redundant you want to make your your death rattle package and how big you want to make that death rattle package. Uh, the second question is Nazoth or not? Do you run Nazoth or do you not? And and it's you know it's really nice in the deck. 
it it will also affect a handful of other card choices. Uh, people typically are running uh, Alar, which is a five mana seven three, because it is an elemental, and you will get that back as a separate minion. Uh, some people are running Vectus when they're running Nazoth for because of the two additional death rattles that the the little eggs make, and uh, so those are those are interesting inclusions. There's definitely um, advantages to doing it. Nazoth brings, if you recall, brings back one uh, minion of every type that has died during the course of the game. So. You know, getting another Illidari Inquisitor for free uh, is is all is, is very nice, and you know the combination of rush minions and you know potential healing possibly between with the Death Head Cultus, uh, lot, lots of that that could be a huge swing turn and is definitely uh, advantageous when you're when you're dealing with uh, uh, slower matchups. Um, one thing I know that Dragon Rider was running was. Uh, bladed ladies and a weapon package. So there was there was definitely um, uh, some some lists that are leveraging bladed lady, which is the six mana rusher that goes down to one mana when you have six attack uh, this turn, which can be a very nice swing turn. Uh, some of those lists are also running fell steel executioner as a way of potentially getting. Um, Get, getting to that six attack, they're they're also running fury, the 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 rank spell, as well as potentially relentless pursuit will also help you get to that six six attack as well, and uh, so so those are things. Those typically are when those are run, you aren't typically running Nazoth, uh, so that's probably um, a bit more of an aggressive package, I would say. Um, some people are running a little bit of a heal package. This this could be built into a Nazoth list or just a regular uh, Death Rattle list that doesn't include Nazoth. Uh, the heal package would be uh, things like I-Beam or the Eldraki Warblades. Just something to uh, help you sustain a little bit more than just the Death Head's Cultist. Uh, and then finally, you have these like big swing cards. Uh Ace Hunter Crean being one of them, where you can attack with your minions and they don't take damage. They're immune this turn, as well as your face. You can attack with your face with Ace Hunter Crean on the board and you don't take damage. Uh, Kurtris Ashfallen, where you uh, uh, attack the left and right most minion on the board, and if it's outcast, it doesn't. Ta- it, it is immune the turn, so that could be a pretty big turn. And uh, some people are even running Mutanus the Devourer in the list as a potential big swing turn, eating something big in your opponent's board. So there's there's lots of cards that could be in there, and it's just kind of the style of deck that you want to run as to what you'll what you'll have in it. Uh, Dragon Rider, what uh, d- am I missing anything, or or do you have any thoughts about any of these any of these packages and 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 how good they are? Well, it's kind of I I feel like I have a slight bias. Mine I would even say is like a hybrid of some of these because <laughs> like I'm running the Bladed Ladies, one Fury. Now I cut one and Relentless Pursuits. So there is some healing, uh, as long as well as the Warblades, of course. But 
It doesn't have the fell steel executioner. It doesn't have I beams. So it's like the list that I have, and I actually did, it's like five and a half minutes long. I did a video on my YouTube talking about the list that I was running and talking about like some of the key points, um, just like we're doing here. And it's so crazy because it's like looking, there's still so many lists. I don't think anybody really knows what the best list is right now. And it's still in flux because like today I was able to, I peaked into like 370 legend or something and I'm sitting at about mm. 500. Yeah. Nice. So like, and, and I started, I think my legend climb, like got into legend. I ended up falling back. And then I think I started at like 2,600 and I've been able to push that far with just this demon hunter deck that I've been playing. Um, so it is very good, but then also, I don't know if there's a little bit of, like, people don't expect some of the stuff still, because I feel like the most popular decks are more kind of the initial ones that you talked about. They're not really running Bladed Ladies and the big weapon attack stuff. Um, so I feel like I catch people off guard with those. They don't expect that big burst. Um, but I do feel like there's a lot of value in that, and... I think one thing that I want to mention is not only the cards that are included, but it also feels like the cards you can generate are super important or discover um, because a lot of the lists as well are also running um, Illidari studies. So you can discover an outcast card so it can get you another skull. It can get you philosophy to copy your demons, um, which in the list that I've been running, there's the inquisitors or the, bladed ladies so you kind of can get a lot of value that way um but you generally get a lot of value with that even if you aren't running bladed ladies because you know <laughs> eight eight that can hit their face is good as we've established um, yeah typically the only only demon you're running if you're not running bladed lady is just the Illidari inquisitor yeah. and you wouldn't think one one would make that big a difference, but just the one one and then getting a third copy of that card gets to be gets to be huge. And uh, you know, they they're talking about one of the uh, Fish's Syndicate was talking about one of the best reasons for running Nazoth is because you get that third copy of Illidari uh, Inquisitor. So this is this is a way you could get it even before or instead of running Nazoth. Yeah. And there are also some lists that are running wand makers. Uh, like even I know the list that I've been running has wand makers as well. So that can get you copies of philosophy that can get you fury. And even if you aren't running like the war blades or anything like that, I mean, cool. One mana average of three damage. That's an extra three damage. <laughs> Seems good. Um, and a lot of the lists, I don't, let's see. I think, no, I, I'm talking a lot about some neutral cards um, that you didn't include in there. Well, studies is a class card, but the two biggest like neutral cards that I've seen would be the wand maker and also people are running fell screamer. That's neutral, right? I don't know. Uh, the My headache. I'm just going to claim that this is the headache. I don't know. I fell, <laughs> fell scream blast or the fell screamer? The fell screamer, the yes. four four that discounts your demons. Yes, okay. I've, I've that's that is a demon hunter card. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so 
that's another one that a lot of people are playing and is usually only being played as a one of. Yeah, yeah, that's what um, I've seen. But that can give you generally, again, with you know, we talked about most lists aren't running the Blade Lady, so you have a six mana 8-8 eight, eight that can go face. Well, all of a sudden, either with your hero power <laughs> or if, you know, if you're discovering something um, or if you're comboing with, if you draw an Inquisitor off of Skull and... You also get that fell screamer. Yeah, three mana. Yeah, three mana. I've, yeah, like, I've yeah. done that before. It's it's stupid. <laughs> it's just dumb. Three mana, now, eight eight to the face. So then they're done are, that. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So so I would say those are also common. Like they they kind of don't fit in the descriptions of like they're not really death rattle. They're not really healing stuff. They're kind of like, I guess, support, yeah, support cards. It's or, Yeah, they're support but, cards that kind of round out the list. It's yeah. like once you've kind of assembled what of the death rattle package you want right. and deciding if you're running Nazoth or not and then deciding mm -hmm. what of those swing turn cards or heal cards you want to include, then you have probably an extra eight to ten cards uh, that you could decide how you want to fill out, which is uh, which is insane for an archetype. Like really, to have that much flexibility. Like if you look at like Rush Warrior, there's probably maybe two to three cards that 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 you can switch in and <laughs> out. Spots. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like like Control Warriors like that, you can run run Cthulhu, not run Cthulhu. Priest is pretty much decided on. It's an Azoth Control Priest, like. There are a lot of, when you have an archetype, you generally have it narrowed down to like maybe two to four cards that could, you know, come and go. But this is super interesting because it's so, it's, it, the core package was there, but it got some new tools. And now people are like, yes, this is amazing. Now we're going to figure out how we fill out once we build the, the core of the deck, how how do we steer the deck from there? And I've seen like, it's, you kind of have to hang on by the edge of your seats, you know, you know, except for, you know, on tour seven, they're going to try and play death speaker Blackthorn, you know, they're going to try and play the, the, the razor boars on turn two and three, you know? So like, you, you know, you, what they're going to kind of try and do, but you don't know what other cursory cards they may or may not have. So it's kind of hard to, except for when you start to see, like, I don't think anyone's running Alair, uh, Alar, excuse me, Alar without running Nazoth. So there's like a yeah. few kind of giveaway cards. If you see like Alar, you're like, oh, okay, it's a Nazoth package, but that doesn't even, that doesn't even mean anything, though. Like, you're like, okay, Nazoth's coming, but, like, what else is there? Like, you could run that deck right there. The the package already has enough Death Rattle syner or uh, Nazoth synergy that you could just be like, okay, I just put LR in there, and that's just one more card. I run Nazoth, and I get that third Inquisitor, like you said, Mage. So it's, it's crazy. This deck is so, like in flux right now it's very interesting i think really if you see the alar just know yes they have nazoth 
but really they have an extra eight eight that's gonna go first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Get because remember on turn ten they will play Nizoth and then they will hit the hero power button and you will take eight more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um do you want to go through like some of the the mulligan things that you would typically do when you're when you're playing either your version or, or just thinking about death rattle demon hunter in general? Sure. So some of, I think regardless of which version you're playing, obviously it's called death rattle demon hunter. So you pretty much want your early death rattles or tusk piercer that can get you the death rattles. So. Those are usually the most important. The razor bores. Um, if you can find, like, especially if you have coin, I would say razor fend beastmaster, uh, which is the three mana one. Um, you know, just any of your early death rattle stuff really um, is is what you're looking for, and the tusk piercer, which you can play on turn one. Um, if you're in a slower matchup, or the mirror, definitely the blackthorn. Keep that, keep that. You you want to be playing that, that is, on seven. That is a swing turd right yeah, there. That that, that actually can it, that can that can actually kind of take you from behind to in the lead. That can yeah. basically seal the lead if you if you have it and play it. It is it is a huge comeback it, that you have to deal with. It it's kind that kind it's of kind of like playing a minion and then playing Soul of the Forest on that minion because. <laughs> You're going to clear. You may be able to clear that first wave, but there's very unless their hands empty. There's very likely a second wave coming right behind that after you kill everything. So it's real strong. I I mean, that's one of the things that like really anchors the deck, right? And another thing that is very helpful in the deck. uh, This is a really interesting one. I feel like to mulligan for. But it's Skull, right? Skull of Gul'dan. If you are able to get it outcasted, like especially in slower matchups or you have coin, you definitely want to be keeping that. Um, I actually keep it, unless it's a really aggressive matchup, like I don't keep it against Hunter. Unless it, unless I have coin and it's at the far left. And even then I'm like, ooh, do I really want to keep this? But if even like some of the, like, Honestly, even against Rogue, sometimes I still might keep it. Um, in the mirror match, I keep it. Like, I do often keep that, even if it's to the right, if I have some low-cost cards or if I can get rid of the high-cost stuff. But when it's at the far right, it's a little bit more tricky because then there has been a lot of situations where then you end up getting, like, an Inquisitor or the Blackthorn all the way to the left. And you're like, well, I can never play this skull now. Well, that <laughs> sucks. Uh, yeah. So that does it's, happen. It's, it's, la- it's landlocked at that point. You're just yeah. kind of like, how do I, I, I'm going to have to do some work to get this thing into an outcast position. But yeah, the yes. skull in this deck is, is as good as it's been, as it's been at any point. Like whether you're talking to the soul fragment demon hunter or the aggressive demon hunters that we've seen that mm-hmm. the de- being able to skull on or about turn six having it in the outcast position allows you to pretty much in a lot of cases to play most of what you're going to pull from that and as you pointed out even the stuff that's really expensive get it gets to be very cheap and so those turns right after it 
can can be very very swing uh very very much swing in your favor yes and i will also say too especially if you have coin um if you're running illidari studies like that's also very helpful because you can get skull to be five if you know if you play illidari studies on like turn three or four or if you just don't play whatever you pick from that and you save the discount for using it on skull uh, as well as if you have coin you could even get a possible turn four skull so that is something to think about as well like how do your pieces work together and that's also a big thing with like which death rattles are you keeping right like think about if i keep this should i also keep this other death rattle because then it's gonna be played for me essentially when the other one dies so there is a little bit of like i feel like in some decks you're like you don't really care what some of the other cards are in your hand you're just like yeah i want this thing or i don't want this thing but this deck you can keep a little bit more depending on what the other cards in your mulligan are too so something to think about yeah that definitely speaks about how the deck plays so you're going to play this deck with tempo play trying to play a minion every turn but you're going to want to keep in mind what's going to get pulled from your hand based on the cards that you've already played. So Razor Boar will draw you from your hand a card that's three mana or less. Razorfin Beastmaster is going to get you a card four or less. And so there is a little bit of uh, give and take or push and pull, as it were, on how you want to leverage, because they have to be Death Rattle minions as well. So if they're not Death Rattle minions, you don't necessarily have to worry about those cards being pulled. And so those you can kind of just play as you need to play them. But the the real trick is, is seeing and leveraging the Death Rattle of the minions that you have on the board that are going to pull minions from your hand. You know, you've got a combination of cards that are sticky, like the uh, Devouring Ectoplasm. When it dies, it gives you a minion directly on the board. Or you have rush minions like the fishy flyer or the fell rattler, and so you you definitely have to think about the cards in your hand as well as the cards on your board and and leveraging your mana usage because there's there all those things are going to work together with regards to doing the best possible turn you can. Um. Skull of Gul'dan, as we talked about before, still a really good turn six play. It's gonna like like we said, most of uh, most a lot of the deck is is three mana or less, and so you're going to get you potentially are going to get one or more plays that turn that'll cost zero if it's in the outcast position. Death Speaker Blackthorn is a huge swing turn, but remember those cards come from your deck rather than your hand. So you need to make sure that you have at least three death rattles in your deck when you play him. Otherwise you're going to be sad uh, and that's going to feel kind of bad, but that is that um, unlike like skull of gold. that is, that is one of your big, biggest swing turds and it allows you to, to really get on the board and in a way and late enough in the game that you might not ever get off the board then at that point. So that that's why it is huge, and that's why you're uh, considering playing it or keeping it in the mulligan. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen a Death Speaker played on turn six or seven that didn't pull three minions. So if you play it on curve 
OSU had the worst luck in the world. Like it's it's very un it's very likely that you'll get the full value. So it does work. Yeah, it's it, it all depends on the number of death rattles that you have in the deck. If you if you're if you go low on the death rattle package, you have the potential of potentially not getting three death rattles if you're playing this maybe after turn seven. But as you point out, if if you're playing it on or about turn seven and you have a reasonable 10, 12 uh death rattles, you're you're probably gonna pull something. Um yeah. Sure, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, Sorry. with Skull, too, you, you talked about how Skull is still a good on-curve play, and I will also say, there are some cases, if you're going to try these decks, especially depending on how you build it, um, if your hand is a little bit awkward, you're like, I could play like this one Death Rattle minion and float like five mana, just play the Skull, even if you're not going to get the discount on the cards, because like this deck is all about you needing your resources. Like you need to be playing your stuff. So sometimes you have to just take the turn and just play the skull so that you can do stuff the next turn. Um, so that's my biggest thing is like, I, when I was first kind of learning it and really picking it up, I would tend to just hold skull like way too long. Be like, I have to outcast this. I have to outcast it. And then it's like, okay, well now I'm just dead. Cause like I, didn't do anything and i waited or like cool i hero powered and played this tusk piercer and did nothing <laughs> like that feels bad so sometimes just play the skull like you're saying like even if you do come across a situation where death speaker might only pull you two minions maybe if it's like one of your rush minions that's going to pull something out of the deck or put a couple of taunt minions in the way or something that might be worth it so they are big yeah, swings no. regardless. Yeah, no, you're you're definitely right. And because Death Rattle, because of the Razorborn and Razorfin Beastmaster pulling cards from your hand, it doesn't necessarily even matter if they still have a cost because you might not pay any mana for them to get on the board anyway. So keeping that in mind, uh, I always try and have a weapon equipped going into turn eight. So I have the leverage to do immediate face damage with the Illidari Inquisitor. Um, some lists very early on were, were, um, were, were definitely, I was going to say leveraging true aim crescent to, to get that extra rush. I don't think you necessarily need to do that. I don't know if it's seeing as much play anymore, but just, um, thinking about your tusk, uh, tusk piercer or or any other weapon that you might be running in your deck trying to have a at least a charge left going into turn eight uh, will allow you a lot more flexibility um and potentially a lot more face damage uh immediately when you play that inquisitor and then um uh, just remembering if you're playing nazoth that is that is um basically just like the death speaker it is a huge swing turn has potential of bringing back as many as five minions, depending on how you how you are um, constructing your deck and what you've played to this point. And and again, once you have all those resources on the board, it's it's going to be exceptionally difficult for your your opponent to remove them uh, and and have you not win the game. So, trying to find Nazoth and being able to put all those stats on the board is 
is is a really good thing to do to to set up a win. What what other is there any other things that we could call out with regards to just how you play that deck? Is there anything that I'm missing or? Uh, I'll just say like depending on how the deck is built, like whether you have a little bit slower version, the faster version with like the big swing potentials with the weapon hits and, and things like that that I've been playing, go face. I think that's just regardless of the version you're playing, but like you want to be going face as much as possible because Illidari Inquisitor! It can just close out games. If you've gotten your opponent down to the 8 to 10 range, I would say, depending on like what weapon you've potentially held for that turn 8, you can close out a lot of games on turn 8 by being able to hit with that. But you have to do the damage up until turn 8 to be able to get them down to that point. So be very aggressive with the deck is my like overall like play the deck pretty aggressively, play things as much as possible. It's, it's nice because they, you know, you, if you're training, then maybe your opponent's potentially going to want to trade, especially if you're being aggressive with the, with your turns and you're going to be more difficult to keep off, to take off the board because your minions are summoning other minions, other death rattle minions potentially. And so the, you're, you kind of are set up to be a bit more aggressive. And so, yeah, leveraging that uh, definitely makes a lot of sense, especially when you have uh, the, uh, the green crush that is the, uh, the ticking time clock that, yep. that, that can end games. So is there any uh, matchup specific tips that you have dragon rider or anything, things that we should think about when we're playing the deck that maybe are a bit more, uh, matchup specific yes i'm very interested in this <laughs> yeah um I, well i mean one thing obviously nazoth is really great in like some of those slower matchups so against a control deck priest and warrior you, know, you want to be putting out those repetitive big boards um but that's probably not going to help you in like more aggressive matchups where they're going to be very aggressive and get out on the board early but healing stuff can be helpful so depending on what you're seeing in the meta you could try different versions of the list that we've talked about um you know and kind of see also like what feels good depending on like what you're seeing and you know i talked about like illidari studies earlier or even wand maker wand maker is a little bit harder because you just get a random thing but trying to find things off of illidari studies like you can factor in a lot of things looking at do you have a skull that you want to save the discount for is that what you're going for are you trying to find something to play immediately for more draw or are you looking for something to a minion to put on board immediately are you looking for like i-beam that's going to get you some healing you know maybe you're against a more aggressive deck you want to be looking for that stuff um so i think in terms of different matchups, also just taking a second when you do get a discover choice like that and thinking about how does this impact me this turn? How does it impact me in the matchup overall is very important. Um, and now I can't remember the name of the card, but the, the weapon that when you play it, it deals one damage to everything. 
Oh, the Dreadlord's Bite. Yes, thank you. You don't play that in the deck, but woo, in some matchups, discovering that that puppy is is really good because it can help you, especially if you're playing Fell Rattlers. Like you can kind of combo that with a Fell Rattler. Um, you can leverage your trades, like trade in a Death Rattler you have on the board to pull the Fell Rattler out of your hand, plus play that Dreadlord's Bite to clear a board against a more aggressive deck like Hunter or Rogue or token druid so thinking about things like that to to leverage where you're at in the matchup can help a lot um and i also like dread dreadlord's bite a lot in terms of again looking at where you're at if you're kind of playing the illidari studies a little bit later maybe you take that so that you have your weapon set up going into that turn eight like mage talked about so again like i that's kind of general but just thinking about like where you're at in, in the matchup, what is your opponent wanting to do? Are they being really aggressive? Try to find some more healing tools. If it's a slower matchup, lots of big threats. So like repetitive 8-8s. So maybe you want to take philosophies or things like that to get you more 8-8s. And you're going to play Nazoth. Um, so thinking about, I guess, in terms of if it's a more aggressive matchup, you want to find those cheaper earlier tools if it's a slower matchup overall you want your slower bigger things yeah i i i think illidari studies is actually low-key a really important card for this deck and and because of the flexibility that it has and because of the potential discount that you can give to a to a skull Mm -hmm. so above anything else Definitely have a really good plan of what you're looking for when you use Illidari Setis, because that is, like I said, one of your low-key, really important resources. Typically, I'm looking for card draw, whether it be the uh, Spectral Sight, whether it be uh, another Skull of Gul'dan, if my, if, if my hand feels a little light on minions specifically. Uh, you can find damage in there, potentially, with that, with that outcast minion that gives you attack. Uh, you can find weapons. You can find I beam for a little bit of uh, healing. So there's lots of different options. There's even that five four minion that gives you two one ones. Just if you're if you just need to 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 get a board, and you're trying to set up your uh, skull of Gul'dan for the following turn or something like that. So there's there's a lot of different things you can do with that. But it and it, and it's going to vary from matchup to matchup. But I think typically looking for card draw is a is a good thing to start with if you're if you're just what do I what do I need? Because again, your your hand is going to potentially get empty fairly quickly depending on what death rattle minions you end up playing. So um yeah, there there's so so that you know additional card draw seems very, very positive in, in most cases. So um otherwise I think that I think that's it. I think we've cover covered the deck pretty well i i it's right now on vicious syndicate is the third best deck as far as win rate goes uh and uh it's definitely been pretty popular uh since the mini set went live so you're probably seeing the deck Uh, i think it's pretty fun to play too actually and and there's just kind of the it it does play kind of just initiative style i want to play a minion every turn sort of thing 
but there is that, like I said, give and take with regards to what is your what are the what is the board going to do to your hand based on the death rattles that you're playing, and so there's a little bit of skill to it that I think uh, that you get better at as the more games that you play with it. So, yeah, for sure. Any any last comments about the deck before we wrap things up? Highlander Hunter 2.0. <laughs> Smack him in the face and then hit him with a big eight eight. So my my only question is how's how's this deck fear of do against shaman like the current like elemental shaman i think i think it matches up fairly well um it obviously it, it depends on on the draw of the shaman sometimes and and what cards they've decided to put in their deck um but it feels like you've got you can match up fairly well to some of the early game um minions that the shaman is playing to the point where you can get on the you can get on the board and kind of stay on the board, and I think once you do that, then you start limiting the shaman's options a little bit, and and uh, so I think you know you've got a little bit of healing uh, and taunts in the deck, so you could potentially prevent some face damage um, and and sustain a little bit, but um, you know a good shaman draw might beat a good death rattle because death rattle is can potentially be depending on the draw a little bit slow mm -hmm. because you might not get the you you might get a razor board but you might not have another three mana death rattle minion potentially or something like that so um i think if both things are pretty or are if you have a relatively even kind of draw i think that they're very competitive and i think it's very close as far as matchup wise perfect all right so let's uh wrap up the main topic and move on to this week's poll question, which has to do with what we talked about much earlier in the cast. All right. Yes. The poll question this week, we're talking about banning a card. We, we, which is the first time we've ever had that happen in Hearthstone in constructed Hearthstone. So we asked, do you think banning a card from a format is a good alternative to nerfing or changing a card? Uh, yes, no, or you're not sure. So vote. Tell us what you think about this uh, this question, and we will talk about the results on next week's show. Speaking of the show, you can find us on Twitter at Dr3HS. You can email the show at Dr3HS at gmail.com, and you can follow our top pin tweet to take you to the uh, Dr3 Discord, and you can find myself on Twitter and Twitch at DaringAlkaline. <laughs> Dragon Rider, where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Donnie DK. That's D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K. Uh, streaming Monday through Saturday, 6 a.m. Mountain Time over at twitch.tv slash DK. And I've definitely been trying to do a lot more on YouTube. Um, I actually did my first YouTube live stream the other day. Um, and I put out today, I would like to get some feelers on this. I think it's a really fun idea. But uh, I'm starting up what I'm calling casting in style. And I'm casting just one, one little match, whether it's like a replay or, or VOD or something. And the first one I did was I casted it in the style of a WWE or wrestling announcer. And I have like a ton of other ideas like noir style or like, you know, 
like uh, a drama, like you know, Days of Our Lives kind <laughs> of thing. Like I don't know, I've got a whole tons of a whole ton of ideas, so I'm excited for that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to really get me out of my comfort zone, zone some. So if that's something you're interested in, or you have something in mind that you'd like to hear, then. Yes, check that out. That sound that does sound fun. So I hope you get to do some more different styles because uh, I'll have to go check that that existing style. Might be able to give you some pointers on the wrestling point of view as I'm quite familiar. <laughs> yeah, I, that was not my forte, but I was like spending like an hour or two just watching a whole bunch of YouTube stuff. Like I did the whole let's get ready to rumble thing. So, <laughs> Perfect. You know, if you want to hear me do that, then check it out. <laughs> There we go. And Mage, where can we find you? So right now you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mage of Death. Um, this taking a little bit of a hiatus away from the stream because of my coughing and trying to get that figured out. So um, I will let you know when I'm back doing that. But you would find me at twitch.tv slash Mage of Death as well. Well, we hope you get that resolved soon and hope you feel better and can't wait until you're back streaming regularly again. So, all right. Yes, thank you for that. No problem. So, anyways, guys, thank you for tuning in this week, listening to our Death Rattle Demon Hunter discussion. And as always, you've been listening to Dr. Three.